0: Off the ball, with thanks to Ford, introducing the newest member of our team, the mighty new Ford C-Max. Ford, driving expectations even further. I'm just here, so I won't get found.
1: Gets it to LeBron, for three for the win, yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! It's gotta be... One of the dumbest calls offensively in Super Bowl history. Are you kidding me? Hard hit into right.
0: Back at the wall. To the game. Big
1: puppy. The grand slam. Five seconds left in the game. you believe in miracles? Yes.
0: Unbelievable. Alrighty, welcome along to U.S. Sports. Donnie Mahoney is here. Hey there Joe. How you doing? Good day
2: at Falls. offices. Hey, we were we were on the case of this Leinster House Wikipedia editor oh, yeah. of Colm Parkinson's page. That's it's good. not just Colm Wally Parkinson who is being <laughs> edited. Frank Murphy, uh, the <laughs> GAA uh, Cork GAA legend the Don, administrator. The Don.
0: The Don although as Des said that had connotations so we could
2: be, Yeah. And yeah, just the chief admin, the main admin, the legendary administrator of Cork GAA.
0: Yeah. This same person. We we don't know it's the same person.
2: Well, Same IP address. From the same IP address, this edit was made about Frank Murphy. Frank Murphy loves cats. (laughs) There are over 100, maybe 200 edits to this from... Over 200 Wikipedia edits from this IP address. Many of them are sporting related. Many of them go very deep into Leash G.A. Oh, wow. Very deep. Like Club, Leash Club G.A. Stuff that nobody would have any interest in. (laughs) Stuff that nobody would care about. But this person, obviously... Cares deeply. The government's, you know, there's been a turnaround. We can all... Relax. We're all chilled out. We can sit back. The bad days are over. And we can get down to the real business, which is trolling sports people
0: on Wikipedia. There's no work to be done in Leinster House now. Things are back on track. Exactly. Just chill out. So... Um, I'm excited for this piece. We're going to have in a moment Ron Rappaport with us, uh, former columnist with the Chicago Sun-Times. Brilliant columnist. We had run on at the start of the year when the Chicago Cubs uh, started the season very well like there is a trend on US sports when we do pieces that it seems to me any time mm-hmm. we talk to like any journalist about their franchise it's like unless it's the Patriots it's a kind of oh no this team in particular has never won anything they're the hard luck fans you know what I mean like yeah, it's, we, it's we, a trend I mean it's like for, we've got Mayo in football Yeah, they've well. got like 80% of their franchises Yeah, I mean, there's
2: something about these hard luck stories. I mean, it's the American dream. You know, you arrive in America with nothing and you dream of the top and there's this meritocracy that says everybody can do it. Now, I don't know if that's true or not anymore. Mm -hmm. Chicago
0: Cubs. Well, they've kind of gone and done it. They've got to the playoffs. The playoffs get underway tonight. They do. Uh, At the start of the summer when we talked to Ron about the fact that they'd be playing like literally every day, 168 odd matches, there was a sense that maybe the Cubs could get to the playoffs. They have done that. And... Paint for us just how unlucky the Chicago Cubs, how um, unsuccessful they have been. World Series winners in 1908.
2: 1908, good year for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. They won the World Series. Sure. 107 years later, no more World Series to show for it. (laughs) That's a drought. Right.
0: That's not like when Kerry didn't win in All-Ireland for like seven years. We're talking
2: 107 years. Now, it's not even that. They haven't even been in the World Series since 1945. So we're talking about World War II was had I think was over around the same time yeah. that the that the Cubs last made a World Series appearance. So in that intervening time they've been mostly terrible, a few playoff appearances, but um some just terrible years and then of course as many people who've seen this 30 for 30 documentary will know one of the most shocking, appalling, terrifying moments of I guess bad luck When in 2003, a guy in a turtleneck and headphones and a Cubs cap named Steve Bartman, just
0: a regular fan at the game. A
2: regular Joe with a great seat for a game. Game six of the 2003 NLCS. This guy, a fly ball's hit in his direction. He's sitting on the, I guess on the third baseline, reaches out to grab the the foul ball, as any fan would do, Mm. interferes with the play. And through a, I mean, just a baffling... Uh, kind of turn of events. This one guy's inter this one guy's interjection into the game throws the Cubs off, and they end up losing uh, this game that they had won. They give up. It turns into an eight run inning, and they everything falls apart for them. Yeah. And they haven't won a playoff game since yeah two thousand three. So it's been twelve years. Tuesday night, or sorry, Wednesday night, tomorrow night in Pittsburgh, they're back in the they're
0: playoffs. Back. Uh, so, Ron Robertport, uh, former economist of the Chicago Sun-Times. It's a perfect uh, point to bring you in. Hello.
1: Hi. How are you guys doing?
0: Good. I was just saying we spoke to you at the start of the summer when we thought maybe there was a chance. And here we are. And, then, um, like, Donnie's been talking there about the uh, Steve Bartman, uh, the famous interference where he caught the ball, the fan. And there is the, fair, the brilliant uh, 30 for 30 on ESPN about it. Like, Bartman vilified to the point of well, I don't want to say his life was ruined, but certainly his life was very, very badly affected by being the fan who had happened to catch this crucial ball.
1: Well, he's gone into hiding. Nobody's seen him since. Uh, I was at that game and I have to apologize for my voice every so often. I wake up in the middle of the night screaming <laughs> in memory of it. Um and, and it was it was a terrible thing to happen, mostly to Bartman because he, he took a bad rap. He you know and that what followed after that was uh, the manager misusing the bullpen, the shortstop dropping a ball. Uh, it, Moses Alou afterwards said he probably couldn't have gotten it anyway. It really was into, into the stance. But here this young man's life was ruined to the point where he's had to travel under an assumed identity. And and he's, he really gets high marks, you know. He's never come out. He's never tried to to uh ask for the fans' forgiveness. He's never written a book about it to try to make money off it. He's just kind of disappeared, and I think he comes out of it with as much dignity as anybody in that entire incident, and that
0: includes the Cubs and their fans who hounded him. Well, interestingly, I think, I mean, he he's certainly played the long game here, this fan, Steve Bartman. I think <laughs> at most sane Cubs fans have come around to that point of view as well, to the point where I don't know if you saw a number of Cubs fans got together online to raise money to send this fan, Bartman, to Pittsburgh for the game tomorrow night. They've raised close to $4,000, but his spokesperson has come Oh, and said, sure. Yeah. Then,
1: then he shows up and they lose and they blame that on him.
0: Too. <laughs> well, he's declined. His spokesperson said, thank you very much, He can pay for himself. <laughs> Go sod yourselves, you made my life misery.
1: Listen, guys, you have to understand, this is typical Cubs luck. They had a really good team this year. Good hitters, good uh, pitching, probably a Cy Young Award winner is going to go to the mound tomorrow. Jake Arrieta. Um, The fans are excited, the team is young. They had one of the best teams in baseball. And what does it come come down to? One lousy game. I mean, here they are, they had to make the wild cards. If they had, been, in most years, the record that they had would have put them in the playoffs. Where they would have had a little margin for error would have been a best of five. But they happened to be in the best division in baseball, and so they, they, all that they qualified was for a wild card. And then the other wild card played even better than they did, so that the game is in Pittsburgh instead of Chicago. Although I must say that I've seen some fans saying better to have the game in Pittsburgh, better not to have to to uh, be in Wrigley Field with hundred and seven years of bad luck and black cats and curses uh, uh, hanging around their neck.
0: Yeah, not least the curse of the Billy Goat.
1: Yeah, well, that goes back to what the forties,
0: forty-five.
1: 40s? Yeah, he, he he brought the he brought, he brought Sam brought the 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 goat into the field during the or into the park, or they tried to get him into the park for the nineteen forty-five World Series, and it's been all downhill hill since, boys.
0: Essentially, his pet goat, who he brought to the game. Um, stank, and so he was asked to leave, and uh, he said they would never ever host any more World Series games.
1: Well, I got to tell you, his restaurant, the Billy Goat Cafe, is not only still open after all this time, but now it has auxiliaries like it uh, all around town. You can get a Billy Goat hamburger at the airport, and out at the United Center where the the uh, the Kings and where the Blackhawks and and the uh, the Bulls play. So he's doing better than the Cubs are.
0: Ron,
2: if the uh, if the Cubs do it tomorrow night in Pittsburgh, they'll set up a series with their arch rivals, the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Can you talk about how Chicago uh, would um, would light up for for that series?
1: Well, that would be pretty fantastic, wouldn't it? I mean, it would be just amazing. They've had this tremendous rivalry going back well over a hundred years, and of course, the worst trade in Cub history, and and one of the worst in baseball history, when they traded. Uh, Lou Brock, who went on to be a Hall of Famer, for Ernie Brolio, who had won 20 games once or twice, but showed up with a sore arm and over a period of the next three or four years won a total of 15 games. So there's a lot of history between the Cubs and and the Cardinals, for sure.
0: Uh, Can they do it tomorrow night, Ron?
1: Oh, golly, guys, it's the Cubs. I mean, sure they can. When I was working there, I I covered them in a couple of winning playoff games. Uh, It's possible, but... I I'm afraid that what I'm really looking for is is for this great season to come down to one game. And that's a good Pittsburgh team. And if I had to put money down on it, I would say um that at the end of the at the end of that game they'll be saying, wait till next year.
2: Hmm. When does when when does the optimism kick in for Cubs fans is it cuz I remember that Marlins series in '03, and I mean I think I remember the Cubs fans being quite confident is it I mean I, it seems unfair to them that the two best teams in baseball are both in their division and that they're on this sort of long track to the World Series if they get there I mean people are the Chicago mood is, is skeptical at at this no,
1: no 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 to be a Cub fan is to live with hope and now they are in the playoffs for the first time since the Bartman game I believe mm. they haven't made it since then. Now they're there, and the town's on fire, and everybody's all optimistic and excited. During, you know, and, and when you go into a season, when you go into the playoffs, if you're a Cup fan, you're excited. You have to, you have to hope for the best. So I, I don't think there's a lot of trepidation there. I think they think they're going to win, and God bless us all if they don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ron, it's great to talk to you. I uh, will talk to you again over the course of the series in the hope that they uh, progress. That's a deal. Good to talk to you guys. Thanks very much. That's Ron Thanks. Rappaport there, a former columnist with the Chicago Sun Times. Long suffering, Ron Rappaport. You can hear the misery in his voice. He he knows something bad is coming his way, <laughs> <Yeah>. doesn't he? <laughs> He's been conditioned to know that
2: whatever's coming, it's not good. Yeah, when I was in uh, Boston there with some of our colleagues uh, on this program, and we did the tour of Fenway Park. There, and, there, there is a jar that
0: you have to put money into. If you mention Boston, pardon me, somewhere outside there.
2: But we did, we toured Fenway, and we were. I was reflecting on the curse of the Bambino. Yeah, but that's nothing on the curse of the Billy Goat. It's extraordinary. First of all, who was bringing goats to baseball games it in
0: 1945? The, well, you know, it was, um, it was a goat. Billy
2: Sianis. He was a Greek immigrant, a well-known publican in the area, and I guess he was branding. He was doing some kind of branding opportunity. His boat, his uh, his pub was called the Billy Goat Pub. Yeah. Do you pay, like, a goat's
0: ticket? No, it was because of the smell.
2: No, but did he... I mean... Did he pay for the goat? Did he, did I wouldn't think
0: so. I think it's like I'm a young child. Under the shirt? I think it's a young child. I thought it was strange. Goats and young children go free. But not at
2: Wrigley Field. I found 50 euro in a uh, in in a toilet on the way over. Totally unrelated. <laughs> just wanted to say that.
0: Toilet here in talker. No,
2: no. At a burrito place. Just, oh, really? Just
0: lying on the sink. Jeez. 50 quid. Did you take it and hand it back to the counter or take it and walk out?
2: I asked the counter guy if he was missing any money. And he said no. And I said,
0: all right. <laughs> oh, wow! You have to leave it at the counter. Why? Because There's... so many losses going to come back. There's no one there. Who took out 50 euro in the toilet anyway? It was weird. It's on the sink. Okay, we've got Gordon Darcy after 8 o'clock. Off the ball, with thanks to Ford, introducing the newest member of our team, the mighty new Ford C-Max. Ford, driving expectations even further.
1: I'm Jeremy.